0: You're listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone, everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this helps you do just that. Well, hey there, New Spring. Welcome to church today at all of our campuses. You can go ahead and clap and welcome each other. Glad that you're gathered with us. And for those of you watching online, welcome. Uh, We are one church in many locations across South Carolina. My name's Clayton King, one of the pastors here and I get the honor to preach today. We're in a series on the book of Ecclesiastes called Beyond the Sun, and I'm gonna dive into that in a moment. But you know, if you know anything about me, if you've never heard me preach before, um, surprise. I'm an optimist, lots of energy, very extroverted, and I like to celebrate good things. I wanna celebrate two good things today uh, as we dive in. First of all, if you have never had a chance to meet the lovely, the talented, the muscular Dan Leanne, Today is Dan Leanne's birthday. Can we just thank God for Dan and Krista and their kids. They joined our church five years ago from Australia. Dan, happy birthday to you and your biceps. Also wanna tell you, you know, um, I'm a pastor here, but for 36 years I've been an evangelist and I will be until I die. And so I am an extension. When I get to travel and preach outside of New Spring, our church has sent me and I'm an extension part of our church around the world. This weekend, my son Jacob, who is 20, he and I got to preach in Athens, Georgia, Friday and Saturday, and I wanna give God glory because there's a lot of bad news in the world right now. There's a lot we could get distracted and discouraged by. Let me tell you what the Lord did just over the last two days. 500 teenagers gave their lives to Christ over the last two days. Actually, I think it was about 400 professions of faith and about 100 that responded for a call to ministry. God is doing something in the earth right now and we get to celebrate that. Well, if you have a Bible, we're gonna be back in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're gonna look at some wisdom that Solomon shares with us 3,000 years after the fact. Solomon, definitely the richest man on earth then, possibly the richest man that's ever lived. A man who at the end of his life is looking back on the way that he's lived and the lessons that he's learned. And he's sharing with us that so much of what he thought would make him happy and bring him pleasure was nothing but vanity and meaninglessness. The Hebrew word is hevel. And you have met, if you've been here already, our friend Hevel the hamster. We've been using this visual aid to help you see what life looks like when you live life only under the sun with your eyes on earth and you forget that there is a God and an eternity beyond the sun. A lot of us feel like Hevel the hamster. We work and work and work, we get nowhere. We try and put forth effort and we feel like we make up no ground at all. And what we wanna see in the scripture today by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit is that you don't have to spend your life on a hamster wheel getting nowhere, you can actually simplify your life and enjoy all the good things that God wants you to give. Let's reject the hevel, let's reject the meaninglessness and the vanity of life without a view of God, and let's live our life under the sun with our eyes on God and eternity beyond the sun. Over the last several months, as a pastor, I have been asked a lot of questions by a lot of people. And these questions really reveal so much of the complexity of our world right now. The last three years have been really hard. I wrote down some of the most common questions that I get over coffee or a lunch or at the YMCA or as I'm out in town shopping for groceries or pumping gas at the gas station. That happened to me this week at QT. Someone walked up to me and asked me this question. Are we going to make it? I said, you mean like you and me? He said, no, I mean like as the human race. Are we gonna make it? This is a question I get quite often. Who can I actually trust these days? Can I trust anybody? Or is every voice somehow trying to spin a story for its own benefit? Will things ever get better? There seems like there's a lot of bad news and complexity in the earth right now. And here's one that really gets down to the core of identity and purpose. Why am I here? These are questions that Solomon unpacks in Ecclesiastes. And these are questions that he is reflecting on at the end of his life, and he wants to help us understand, specifically today, that if you can learn now to simplify your life and take away some of the complexity, you'll see that life isn't really as complicated as we make it. There are some simple things that we can remember to enjoy life under the sun with a view of life beyond the sun. So I want to start off with this one phrase. When you know what lies beyond the sun, you can enjoy life under the sun. When you know what lies beyond the sun, that there is a God in heaven, that there is a heaven, a new heaven, a new earth promised to us that the life we live right here, right now is just the beginning of an eternity where we will all live somewhere forever and ever and ever. Life under the sun on earth can be enjoyed better when we keep our eyes on God who lives beyond the sun. I made a list of some of the complicated things that are going on in the earth right now, and some of these are a little less serious than others, and some of these are quite serious. And these are some of the things that if I'm not careful and if you're not cautious, can pull your attention away from God, away from joy, away from the peace of Christ, there's so much that we can find now that will turn us into cynical people. So many things that will distract us. So many things, if we look at them, can complicate our world. I just wrote a few things down here. The price of eggs at Walmart. I literally went to uh, Ingalls the other day because I didn't want to go to Walmart just for various reasons. But I went to Ingalls, there were two a dozen eggs, a dozen here and a dozen there. They were organic, grass-fed, gluten-free, free-range, plastic-free, no paraben. Um, And one of them, these are 12 eggs, one of them was $6.90, the other was $8.90. And I just quoted the Bible scholar and theologian Carrie Underwood. I said, Jesus, take the wheel, (laughs) take it from my hands. How How about this phrase, spy balloons? Spy balloons. Now, I'm not an expert, but I'm just going to tell you right now I have never been more proud to be a South Carolina boy than to know that a spy balloon could travel from the West Coast across the entire continental United States of America till it got to the Palmetto State and some good old boy said, I got this one. Be proud. That might be my best preaching moment ever in my history of New Spring. There are some other more serious things though that can distract us. And these are important things. There was just an earthquake in Turkey and Syria where now the lowest estimates are that 50,000 people lost their lives. A couple of weeks ago in Palestine, Ohio, a train derailed and noxious poisonous chemicals poisoned an entire town, we've seen that on TV. There is a war going on right now in Ukraine. We just marked the one year anniversary of that war and people are literally talking about nuclear holocaust. How about chat GPT? Now I'm not an expert but I did see the movie Terminator and there is now an artificial intelligence capability in the earth that honestly could distract you if you just think about it. Inflation is through the roof. COVID, so many people that I know right now have been distracted by important things, serious things. So what can we do as the people of God? Well, we can pray, we can take our eyes off of this earth under the sun and we can lift up our eyes to heaven. And we can remember that God ultimately is in control. We would all, church, we would all, including me, benefit from a bigger God theology. We would all do well to occasionally lift our eyes up from our circumstances and enjoy the reality, the promise of God, that ultimately God has the final say, that ultimately Jesus Christ returns, that ultimately our world is renewed, that we have a new heaven and a new earth, and that when the world can seem like it's falling apart around us, we serve a God who holds it all together by his righteous right hand. And we could benefit from a bigger God theology. So I wanna show you four things to remember in order to simplify your life so that you can enjoy this life God has given you under the sun. First of all, from Ecclesiastes. Now, Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature. It's circular. It repeats the same themes over and over. So I'm gonna use several different passages today from Ecclesiastes. Number one, remember this. You cannot control outcomes. You can't do it. You can't control outcomes. Solomon learned this with all of his money, with all of his power, with all of his influence. You can't control outcomes even when you're the richest man in the world. And it says this in Ecclesiastes 6.12 and then following that in verse 7.14. Look at Ecclesiastes 6.12. For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow, for who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? Look at that. Who can tell a man or a woman or a teenager or a senior citizen, who can tell a man or a woman what will be after them under the sun? You can't control outcomes. We, I look, I love to be in control of as many things as I can possibly be in control of. Solomon learned the hard way because here he is towards the end of his life and he realizes I'm gonna be dead soon and when I'm dead, I can't control any of the outcomes of how I've lived my life. It all has to be in God's hands. Hey, if you're married, some of our church is married, some of our church is not. If you're married, you know you can't control outcomes. You know why? Because you got married. Am I telling the truth right now? You, the way you thought marriage was gonna be is not the way your marriage is. I'm speaking like a prophet right now. I know of which I speak. Because when you married that other person, though you thought they were perfect, you quickly realized that your spouse was such a terrible sinner, Jesus had to die on the cross to keep them out of hell. Just like he did for you. Do you have kids? Many of you have children in our church. You know you cannot control outcomes because that little beautiful baby grew up to be an unpredictable, uncontrollable wildling. They don't date who you want them to date. They don't go to the college you thought they would go to. I mean, it's just part of life. We think we're really in control, but none of us are in control. And if you want to prove that point in your own life, just get in your car today and and drive wherever you are in South Carolina and get on I-85, I-20, or I-26. You can't control outcomes. Jesus is gonna let you, for your own growth and sanctification, get stuck in traffic so you can get that patience you've been praying for. None of us can control outcomes. He also goes on to say this in chapter seven, verse 14. Listen to Solomon's wisdom here. Here's what he says in chapter seven, verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider. God has made the one as well as the other so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. Prosperity comes from God, adversity comes from God. Consider this, you can be joyful. So whether you're having a good day or a bad day, God has made the one as well as the other and you can't predict the future, you can't control outcomes. So be joyful in the thing you're going through right now, even if it's bad. Because our God is so good, he can get a good result from a bad thing in the lives of his children. And what we think is bad now, let me just this is a way to simplify your life. Don't think of bad things as being meaningless and vanity. Think of bad things as God's way to, to purify you, to sanctify me. Yeah, you got stuck in traffic on I-85 or I-26 or I-95. Maybe it wasn't a bad thing that you were late to your meeting. Maybe it was a good thing that you got stuck there because God spared you from a head-on collision that you would have been in if you hadn't been stuck in traffic. Have that perspective. A bigger God theology that God who is beyond the sun sees everything that's happening under the sun and he cares about you and he cares about me. It helps you relax and take that heavy load off your shoulders when you understand you can't control outcomes. I wonder even for this room, for your room, how many of us are in a very different place than we thought we would be in 2019? How many of us are working jobs we never thought we would work? How many of us lost friends and family members? How many of us are living in a town or a city that we never dreamed we would live in? How many of us are in a financial place that we never anticipated? How many of us didn't get into the college we thought we would get into or we didn't marry that person that we were praying we would land with? You can't control outcomes. This was driven home to me four weeks ago today. I wanna share this with you because many of you have have encouraged us and reached out to us and been so kind. But four weeks ago today, my wife called me from the bathroom in our house. She had been feeling ill for about two days and she said, come, I need you right now. I walked into the bathroom. She'd been in pain for a couple of days and she said, I'm really not doing well. I'm in bad shape. So I was walking her to the bed to put her shoes on to take her to the emergency room and she completely collapsed. I'd never seen this happen, but her fa- I'd never seen this before. I'd heard that it happened. Her face turned gray. Her blood pressure dropped to 80 over 50. Um, I didn't know at the time what her blood pressure was. I actually thought I had lost my wife. I thought she had died in my arms. I thought she just died suddenly. Didn't know if it was a heart attack. Didn't know if it was a stroke. For one minute, I tried to wake her up. For one minute, I continued to call her name to ask her to breathe. I prayed, God, please please don't take my wife from me. Praise the Lord, she woke up about a minute later, got her to the emergency room. Her appendix literally burst as I was walking her to the bed. 16 months after the exact same thing happened to me. Major surgery, 23 staples in her abdomen, five days in the hospital, We went home, she's recovering now. Today is four weeks and she actually came to church today. I'm gonna declare what Psalm says. I've been quoting this verse over and over and over. I will not die but live and declare what the Lord has done. I had plans but every outcome was changed. Shari and I were supposed to go out west for a weekend for my 50th birthday. We didn't get that outcome. I was supposed to preach in Texas the weekend it happened. We didn't get that outcome. I had to cancel a trip to Alabama with Jacob where we were gonna be preaching together. Had to cancel that outcome. My wife is getting her Master's of Divinity at Anderson University right now. Didn't get that outcome. She had to take a medical leave of absence for an entire semester. I can't control outcomes. It's an illusion. None of us is in control. So let's get a bigger God theology beyond the sun and let's trust a good God who superintends all the details of our lives that we can't even see much less control. I wanna live like that. I wanna live that way. You can't control outcomes and remember this, number two, power doesn't bring you pleasure. You wanna simplify your life? Remember this, power doesn't bring you pleasure and Solomon had all the power. He says so in Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verses eight and nine. This is a lesson to remember as we simplify our lives. He says, no man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun when man had power over man to his hurt. Now, in in verse eight, he says, no man has power over death. And then at the end of verse nine, he says, man had power over another man to his hurt. Here's what Solomon knew. As king, he could amass an army. As king... He could declare war. He could send men into battle. As king, he could take what he wanted. As king, he had no accountability. He could do whatever and nobody could tell him no. And he had unlimited power. But just like power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And he's saying it right here. You think that power will bring you pleasure? I tell you, I had so much power, I could hurt other people and get away with it and I still can't have power over the day of my death. Power is not what will make you happy and it will not give you pleasure. So I wanna encourage you, New Spring, if I could, just as one of you pastors, as your friend, as Uncle Clayton, if you wanna call me that, I don't care. Can I give you some permission? And this is for, this is for every age group and every demographic. Can I give you some permission? It is not just okay, it is good for you and for me to just be normal. You don't have to live a big, flashy, epic life. Take a deep breath. You don't have to change the world. You don't. You can live an everyday, average, normal, mundane, run-of-the-mill life with your eyes on Jesus, for the sake of your eternity, you can go to work and go to school. You can change that baby's diaper and you can serve that meal to the customer. You can mow that grass, you can fold that laundry, you can pay those bills, you can do all of the normal things that normal people do in a normal life thinking about God while you're doing it and God will be glorified and you'll be benefited and the world will wonder what in the world is wrong with them. Why are they enjoying their normal life every day? Because that's what we do under the sun. You know, I'm not against social media, I'm on social media, but I just wanna remind you that that perfectly crafted post on Instagram with all the filters and all the tricks of the trend will probably not have the effect of changing the world. That argument on Facebook where you just wanna set that person straight about their beliefs, their religion, their politics, the team they love, probably not gonna change the world. Live a normal life. Love your children, love your friends, open up your home. Go to work every day, and instead of saying, I can't believe I have to work with these people, say, God, I can't believe you let me work with these people where I can show them the joy of the Lord with the way I smile and the way I respond when I go through adversity. Enjoy your life like that. Power is not going to bring you pleasure, so just live a normal life for the glory of God because power is not the answer. God has all the power, we don't. What a relief. What a relief. I don't have to be in control of any of this stuff. And what that does is it leads me to the fear of God. That's the next thing I want you to remember to simplify your life. Fear God and you won't fear death. Fear God and you won't fear death. Solomon mentions this in Ecclesiastes 8.12. And he also mentions it in chapter nine, verse five. Look what he says in chapter eight, verse 12. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him. It will be well with those who fear God. Even when you look at a sinner and you see them committing a hundred sins and it looks like they're getting away with it. Even when you watch TV and you see Stars, politicians, athletes, businessmen, businesswomen, and it looks like they're living wicked lives and they're getting rich and they're getting famous and you say, now that's not fair. How, why is God blessing them and he's not blessing me? Don't assume that sinners are blessed in their sin. Assume that followers of God are blessed when they fear God. I wanna say something right here. Well, let's read chapter nine, verse five. Let me, let, me, let me get, I wanna warm up to this. For the living know that they will die but the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. This is a man who's approaching the end of his life and he's thinking about death. And Solomon knows that death is the great equalizer. Death comes for us all eventually. And so he wants us to know that if we have a godly fear, a holy reverence, and awe and respect for God, the fear of God will displace the fear of death. Okay, now I'm ready to say what I need to say. So listen up, every campus. I love Jesus, but I also fear God. And it would be good for us as the people of God to recover a biblical sense of the fear of God. And I don't want to... Dumb this down, I am afraid of what my life would be without God, I fear it. I am afraid of what your eternity would be if you don't give your life to God through Jesus Christ. We've gotta recover a fear of God in the church, especially the church in America. A lot of people say, I love Jesus, yay, I love Jesus too, but do you fear God? Do I fear God? You can't read the Bible and walk away with a chummy, pally kinda, yeah, God's my man upstairs, he's my homeboy. Yeah, Jesus is your friend, but God is also sovereign creator of the universe who will judge the living and the dead at the end of all things. And it's my job as a pastor to tell us, to warn us, if you live your life with no fear of God, you better be afraid of death. You better be. You better fear it. But let that fear do something good for you. Let the fear, if you don't know Jesus, let the fear of eternity separated from God in hell, let that turn you to the goodness and the grace of Jesus because he doesn't wanna send anyone there. He wants all of us to be saved and have a relationship with him. I fear what my marriage would be if I took my eyes off of God. I fear what my life would turn into if I stopped reading the word of God and living according to it. I fear what would happen um, to my children if I stopped fearing God in the way that I try to live an example for my boys. It's okay to have a good, healthy fear of God because when you do, you don't have to fear the unknown of death. And that's what Solomon had learned. Simplify your life Fear God, and you don't have to be afraid of death. I tried to teach Jacob and Joseph when they were little. Shari was homeschooling them. I was trying to instill some things into them, and I taught them something that my dad used to say to me. He would say, Clayton, if you'll be God's man, you don't have to be anybody's boy. Meaning if I will live my life for the pleasure and the glory of God, then I don't have to spend my life wondering and worrying who accepts me, who approves of me, who likes me. It doesn't matter who likes me. Most people aren't even thinking about me. They're thinking about themselves and who likes them. It's all of us, right? We all struggle with that. I want to have a good godly fear because that fear leads me to the love of God in Jesus Christ. And finally, the one thing I wanna leave you with, as you remember how to simplify your life, Find joy in ordinary things. Find joy in the simple things of life, the ordinary daily things. Ecclesiastes 8.15 says this. Solomon had learned some things, and he says, I commend joy. In other words, joy is good. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. This is an everyday, ordinary thing. I mean, even at New Spring, it's literally who we are. We want everyone, everywhere, in an everyday relationship with Jesus, and you can have that by enjoying the simple things of life. And then he gives us a list of a few things in Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 10. Look at some of these simple things he tells us we can enjoy. Go, he says. Eat your bread with joy. In other words, have some carbs. (laughs) Now I'm on a high protein diet. I've lost 30 pounds in the last 16 months and I'm very thankful that I'm healthier than I've been in a long, long time. But every once in a while, you just gotta have a bowl of ice cream. Enjoy it. Be guilt free. Live a little bit. Then he says, and drink your wine with a merry heart. Now, if you're a Southern Baptist, that says grape juice to you. (laughs) Drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Do you see this? Solomon has learned God wants us to enjoy life. Don't feel guilty for enjoying the good things. God loves us. He wants to lavish us with his gifts, his grace. And so it's okay to enjoy the simple things in life. And then verse eight, let your garments be always white. He's talking about clothing. It's okay to take pride in how you look. It's okay to dress up. It's okay to look good. It's okay to have a wardrobe. It's okay to wash your clothes so they smell fresh. Have you ever thought about this, that you're in the laundry room folding somebody else's underwear And you can rejoice and enjoy that because there's somebody else that depends on you. Or maybe you're folding your own laundry and you're in there going, oh, and you're, you know, speaking in tongues and the frustration of it. How about this? Just enjoy the fact that you've got clean clothes to wear, that you've got a washing machine and a dryer that can make those clothes clean. Enjoy that. Let not oil be lacking on your head. In other words, take pride in your appearance. It's okay to have good personal hygiene. It's okay to get ready and go out into the world looking your best, enjoy that, that's not a sin. Look at verse nine, enjoy life with the wife whom you love. Enjoy the people around you. If you're married like me, enjoy your spouse enjoy picking on them, enjoy making fun, enjoy cutting up, enjoy holding hands. If going to movies is your thing, if riding on a boat on the lake is your thing, if going to the beach or going to the mountains or hopping on a motorcycle, if that's your thing, sitting on the back deck around the fire pit, whatever it is, if you're single, enjoy your friends, enjoy community, enjoy the fellowship, enjoy the freedom and liberty you have to go and do mostly what you want right now. Enjoy that. That's not a sin, that's what God wants for you. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you because he has given you under the sun because that is your portion. That is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. And finally, verse 10, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in the grave in Sheol to which you are going. Great reminder, death is the great equalizer. And God wants you to enjoy your life until you get to that point. There's nothing, church, that simplifies your life more than almost losing something or someone you really care about. Four weeks ago today, my life got real simple real fast. I didn't care about anything else except my wife and her living. I wanna encourage you, church, to enjoy the simple things in life, the ordinary things. I made a small short list of things that in my life I want to enjoy. I wanna enjoy a sunrise. I'm up early almost every morning, and I like to sit outside in my driveway, and I like to watch that, that orange ball crest the horizon and come up across Midway Road. I get double bonus points when I'm enjoying that sunrise with a big strong cup of hot black coffee just like Jesus drinks it. I get triple bonus points when I'm enjoying that cup of coffee and sunrise on a cool crisp morning about 50 degrees with zero percent humidity in the air. I enjoy that. I enjoy my kids. They're older now. My 17 year old is six foot four. Taller than me, my 20-year-old is preaching the gospel. I enjoy talking with them. I spent my whole weekend with my son. I enjoy friends. I got a fire pit in my backyard, a deck on the back of my house. I enjoy having brothers come over. Shari and I enjoy our home group that comes and we break bread together. Enjoy your job. You've got a job? Praise God for it. Might as well enjoy it. You gotta go. Might as well enjoy it. Enjoy the people you work with and instead of thinking about how difficult they are, think about what a great opportunity it is for you to love them and show them the love of Jesus. Enjoy a delicious meal, broken around the table with brothers and sisters. I enjoy laughter, enjoy laughter. I like to laugh, I like to cut up, ha ha ha. I felt better right there. I felt the endorphins, the epinephrine, the norepinephrine, the oxytocin, the vasopressin, the adrenaline, just laugh a little bit. Watch a a Nate Bargatze video on Netflix or something. Laugh it up or just watch your spouse do something when they don't know you're watching. Enjoy laughter, enjoy music. It's a simple part of life. I woke up this morning, didn't get home till midnight last night from preaching, didn't sleep well last night, got up this morning and I put on CC Winans as loud as I could get her and CC took me to church before I showed up at New Spring, filled me with joy. Enjoy music, enjoy your day, whatever the day may bring. And when that day is over, if you get a chance, go outside, breathe in the fresh air and watch that same sun that came up this morning Set in the West and realize that there is a good God beyond that sun who is controlling all the variables that you and I can't control. And that God who lives beyond the sun and controls the rise and the fall, the rise and the setting of the sun is the same God who gave his best gift, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me and for you, to take away our shame, take away our guilt, take away our blame, to to remove our past from us, to give us a hope and a future and a promise that a good God has a good home awaiting us beyond the sun and he has good gifts for us right here, right now, under the sun. Your life is more than vanity. Your life matters for God. Enjoy every ordinary small thing he has given you. Simplify your life. Okay, I'm done, but not yet. Would you close your eyes and pray with me? Every campus. Some of you have, have really been struggling recently. I get it, I have too. Last four weeks have been hard, really hard. And I just believe that God brought you to church today or that you're tuned in, tuned in online because he wants you to know he loves you. He cares about you, not mad at you. He wants you to know him, to enjoy all the simple things. But the one thing we can enjoy the most is Jesus. It's the greatest enjoyment. He's the greatest treasure. And we did this in our first gathering today. I wanna do it again right now. If you have really never like become a Christian, if you don't know that you're a Christian or not. You, you hear sermons like this and, and, and they make you feel something, but you don't know what to do. I want to tell you what you can do right now. I want to tell you how to become a Christian. Here's how you become a Christian. You ask Jesus to save you. That's as simple as I can make it because that's what the Bible says. So if you want to connect with God today, ask Jesus to save you if you've never done that. Or if you did it, but you didn't mean it, why not do it right now? Young or old and everywhere in between. Pray this to Jesus right now if you'd like to be saved and begin a relationship with God and enjoy God. Just pray this to him. Right where you sit in your heart. God, I need you right now. And I wanna know you. I know you love me. So I'm asking you to save me. Would you take my life, forgive me of my sin, and save me? Thank you for dying on the cross, Jesus. I believe in you and I receive you by faith. I'm all yours. With your eyes closed and your hearts open at every campus, if you just prayed to receive Christ, here's how I'm gonna ask you to respond at every campus. In just a moment, we're all gonna stand up on our feet. And if you gave your life to Jesus while our ministry teams move to the front, I'm gonna ask you to look around the room and find the wooden cross in your room. And I want you to move to that wooden cross and let one of our ministry team members know, hey, I just prayed that prayer to God. What's my next step? We'll help you. If you just prayed that prayer, that's what I'm asking you to do in just a moment. I want you to go to the cross in your room and let someone know that you just asked Jesus into your heart. We also have communion available in our rooms, in your room. If you're a Christian and you have trusted Jesus and you've given your life to him, I'm gonna invite all of you to come and take communion today as a symbol and sign of what he did for us on the cross. You can also respond by prayer. Maybe you need someone to pray with you and for you. We'll have ministry team members available all throughout the room that can pray with you about anything that you're struggling with. Just gotta move to them and they'll pray with you. You can respond by giving either online or on the boxes on the wall on your way out and you can respond by worshiping and singing what we're about to sing together. So I'm gonna invite everyone at every campus now. Open your eyes and stand up with me, everybody together. Ministry teams, if you haven't already moved to your spots, go ahead and go. Be available and ready for people. If you gave your life to Jesus, as soon as I say amen, go to the cross. And if you need prayer, find someone that can pray with you. And if you're a Christian, take communion and let's respond. Father, thank you that we can enjoy the simple things in life that you have shown us through your scripture that we can live a life under the sun with a view of life and eternity beyond the sun. And I pray that people would respond right now. Help us to simplify our life in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this helps you do just that.